serving all of eastern Utah. This is News Talk, 107.3 FM and 7.50 AM. KOAL. Price. Right-footed kick is up, and it is good! The Rams are going to the Super Bowl! Rivers on a give. Gordon takes the left side and knifes in for the score! Welcome to Bolts and Horns, a pro football show with Jordan Buscarini and Vinny Rondinelli on the Drive Time Sports Podcast Network. Welcome back to Bolts and Horns, the pro football show here on the Drive Time Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jordan Buscarini, alongside Vinny Rondinelli. It's Tuesday, Vinny, another Tuesday closer to the NFL draft. You've got to be getting pumped because you're going to be on your way to the draft. You're going to the same city as the draft. Here in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm going to be in Nashville, so I'm going to check out how close I can get, see if I can sneak backstage or make something happen. <laughs> Find a way to get, announce a pick. <laughs> By day three, you but, probably could. Yeah. <laughs> Find a way to get a, get on stage for the Chargers. But uh, it's it's coming up. It's, 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 it's right here. It's rapidly approaching. And ironically, you know, we always tie free agency and the NFL draft together. And before we jump into the show today, I do want to mention that Ndamukong Sue is still a free agent. I have to throw that out there. And so is Trey Boston. Two guys that are still free agents. And, and, and when we have this conversation, the thing to remember is after May 7th, they're no longer tendered right right you don't have to give up a, a compensation pick right especially going off with boston had a one-year low dollar deal last year and the year before too he's been on one-year deals he did play solid for the chargers two years ago he was he a solid player last year was solid in arizona i'm not sure the problem here I, I don't i don't understand the guy's a solid football player but again that may 7th deadline at this point everybody's locked in the draft room so i don't imagine much going on at all some future contracts we're seeing a let the aaf players Kind of filter 30. in on future deals. Been Thirty players signed from and the AAF. That goes AAF. to show the AAF was not a bad idea. No, it wasn't. So, but yeah, everybody's locked in right now. So that May seventh is kind of a big time deadline, Jordan, because, like I said, you don't have the comp compensatory ramifications. I well, guess once May seventh goes, once May seventh right? goes, yeah. So I would expect it'll be June before we see either uh, of those two yeah. signed. Yeah. Boston as well. Yeah, I think so. Why not go through the, at this point? Get go through the draft if that's something you're not comfortable with. Look, there's a big difference a between the two though, because Boston is what 26, yeah, 27, 27. And Dominican Sue's past his prime, and we know he's past his prime. Okay, and you mentioned a one year deal. We got to see Boston in the AFC West last year. He didn't play a full 16 game season for the Cardinals, if I remember right. I, I no, I think he played 14 games, 13 or 14 yeah. games for the Cardinals. You go back two years ago, statistically, what he was able to do with the Chargers, I could have never predicted that this guy would still be on the free agent market. No, but but at this particular time with the draft so close, these are two guys that I'm I'm going to say right now they will be signed after May 7th. Yeah, there's no reason the for anyone after to the sign draft. them at this point in time. Yeah. After the draft, you can re- you can reassess your roster, look at your cap space. Nowadays, they sign instantly. You know, the trades could figure in. I mean, you pretty much know your rookie bonus pool anyways. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to be surprised by that. But everybody signed right away nowadays. So this, this should be uh, pretty quick. And then from then on, you know, you got your straggler free agents. Yeah, anyone else free agent-wise that strikes you as being odd that they're still out there? No, not really. Just I mean, those, you have some, those are the I'm, two I'm surprised names, right? that the Chargers haven't done, you know, us, you know, on our teams, uh, the Chargers... If it isn't, Dom Kinsu, Damian Square, and Corey Legit a D-tackle. These are solid players last year. 
There's options in the draft at D-tackle as well. Yeah, so I'm surprised the Chargers didn't re-sign a couple of their own. And I think, in mentioning Indomitian Sue, when the draft is said and done, I, there's so much depth defensively in this draft. Yeah, there is. That I think that definitely doesn't play into a factor. If you go back and you look at the 16 games that Sue played with the Rams in the regular season, he was fair. He was fair. Fair. That's correct. He, he wasn't good. He was fair. He was fair. Postseason, but he was great. He was, yeah, he was. He was dominant mm-hmm. at times. Absolutely dominant. So you would think, you know, he would be quick to sign. Well, since the name of the show is Bolts and Horns, let's talk about the draft needs of both the Rams and the Chargers. Then we'll go in kind of a, a larger scheme. We'll take a look at the, the entire league. But we'll start with your Chargers. Draft needs now that free agency has kind of dwindled down a little bit. Biggest needs. So you, you look at the roster. It's a solid roster. I mean, the team won 12 games. They petered out there at the end toward the Patriots, but that happens to apparently everybody. Yeah, just about. <laughs> yeah, just everybody. If you're not Eli Manning, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, and the balls don't bounce off your helmet, or you drop easy <laughs> interceptions to win games. So, I mean, or looking you at you utilize this, Marshall Falk and Todd <laughs> Gurley. Okay. Yeah, that would help. <laughs> yeah, that would help. So, for the Chargers, I, there's three areas that stick out right now that there's going to be upgrades, and either a starter or a a depth player. And for, for me right now, with Hunter Henry returning, Force Lamp returning, you lose Jason Verrett. I mean, what you've done in the offseason, you added Thomas Davis and re-signed Perriman. So for the Chargers, uh, a glaring hole is at right tackle. Sam Tevy played there last year, solid player. But Sam Tevy would be a very good swing backup tackle, and he's an average starter. So some a right tackle is one I look at right off. Free safety. Last year, Jaleel Adai did it very poorly, and he's no longer there. Um, right now they have Jalen Watkins uh, kind of on the roster, but another pl- another place you're going to need a depth player, if not a starter. So right away, right tackle and free safety are open Are open right now. And then some depth of D tackles, another area for the Chargers. All three of those. Uh, you later your rounds, you know, they have a lot of developmental corners and receivers, but those are maybe an area too that you – to reach into, um, and they're solid in a lot of areas. You know, you look at the Chargers running back, they're three deep. Tight end, three deep. Um, your top four receivers are pretty solid. Uh, the DNs. So, you know, it's a good roster right now. Yeah. It's a, it's a good roster. Tyrod Taylor helps, too. I really like him as a backup quarterback. So, you know, t- Tyrod Taylor, to me, it was, it's, it's kind of at a place. And what I mean by it being at a place, I expected him to be – a quarterback that would go to a team where he would start immediately. Yeah, a bridge, a bridge, quarterback. a bridge quarterback that would probably give us a controversy because I like Tyrod Taylor an awful lot. He embraced the role of a backup. He yes. just accepted it. He said, and he he is excited. He mentioned, "Hey, I need, I can learn so much from a guy like Philip Rivers in the area of the game. I need to improve inside the pocket because you know they're." Polar opposites. Rivers yeah. is not making a play with his legs, and Tyrod Taylor's made a bunch. So I really like that. So I think they've had a solid offseason, but again, depth at D tackle and a starting right tackle and a starting free safety or something for sure the Chargers could use. Interior linemen, if we're talking offensive. And with Forrest Lamb coming back and healthy, you know, that's. I, I, you're, you're, you're I, going with right tackle. That's the spot that you want to see yeah, improvement. I want to see. <clears throat> and I'd love to see Forrest Lamp healthy and playing. That would be – they picked him for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, before he got hurt, they really liked him as a, as a rookie. So 
I, I'm hoping that that's an upgrade at that area too. You don't so have. So what about your Rams? Right. Well, you know, in your off season. Edge rush. I, I, well, outside linebacker, I should say. shouldn't necessarily, uh, necessarily say edge rush because you bring back Dante Fowler, helped on paper last year, and I like the signing. I like bringing Fowler back. For and he one played more great year. in the playoffs. He did. He did. He did. He really came into his own. And one of the things that people have got to remember when you look at the production of Dante Fowler, this was a guy that was traded midseason, right? And the Rams had a specific need for him. Anytime you trade for a specific player in the NFL for a specific need, how often does it work? Immediately. Very rarely. Rarely. Very right? rarely. And he delivered the pressure that forced Drew Brees to throw the interception to John Johnson. We talk about what an amazing interception it was. Dante Fowler was great in that game in the second half. Yeah. So in the playoffs, he played very, very good. Football. He did. He looked comfortable. He looked comfortable. The Dallas game, he looked comfortable. Yeah. You know, in the divisional round. So I'm happy with that. Uh, I still think the Rams haven't eaten outside linebacker. Safety wise, the Rams addressed that with Eric Weddle. Yep. I still think the Rams look to go safety in the draft because Eric Weddle is not a long-term solution. Yep. Johnny well, Johnson is. Depth there, yeah. You so, definitely so you need some need depth. depth. It's strong safety. Uh, there's some problems on the offensive line with this team. There's some question marks, I should yeah. say. John Sullivan not coming back is a big deal. John Sullivan's a savvy vet that was the perfect center for Jared Goff. I don't think people, I think you can underestimate the relationship between a center and a quarterback. Absolutely. And John Sullivan was perfect for that gig. Yes. Did he outplay his contract? No, he didn't. I mean, there were there were some signs of wear. There were some, you know, there, I don't know how much tread was left on the tires at the end of the season. Um, Mentally, there was some issue though, there. Mentally, Mentally, he was there. He, he's yeah. there. And I that's mean, a very complex offense. It is. It is. Very. And so going out and getting Whitworth and Sullivan, again, it's not long term. The Rams were playing for the now, and they got to the Super Bowl, but now you do have some question marks at center, I think. Uh, interior linemen, I think it's going to be a problem for the Rams as well. Remember, they got rid of Jamin Brown. Yeah. Jamin Brown was a guy that hung around for a little while. For whatever reason, it didn't work. We saw Saffold get a lot of money. Roger Saffold was key inside for this team. Uh, we've talked about Joseph Noteboom, though, who did get he – got, he got some time. We got to see Noteboom, right? Yeah. Noteboom got some big-time reps, and that's important. And where does he fit? Does he fit a right tackle? Maybe moving Havenstein inside? Is that an option? Does Note Bloom develop more and stay as a swing tackle? So you need two guards. Okay, so so tell me this as a coach, with Havenstein's size, is that a problem to put him at guard? His height? Is that a problem? I don't believe so. You don't think so? I don't believe so, no. It's a spread offense. Goff does a lot of uh, boot, a lot of play action. He does a lot of shotgun, so I don't believe so. I know that Kevin Gogan played at 6'7 at guard. Um, Ray Brown played guard for a long time at 6'8 or whatever, so it's not uncommon. I think Havenstein's, what, 6'7? Yeah, 6'7. 6'7, so. No, I don't think it's a problem, really, because in today's spread game, um, you know, and he's a good run blocker. So does it help him to move inside? It may. It may. Uh, to be honest, remember when the Rams selected him? A lot of people gave him a priority free agent grade. And the Rams used a pretty high pick Wasn't on the third him. rounder? It was a third rounder. Third round pick, yes. And he was, again, a lot of people had him mocked 6-7, maybe priority undrafted. And so the Rams saw something in him. To me, he... He's a solid player. He is. He, he's, he's actually... He's a solid player. He, he's outplayed... Uh, the expectations that I had for him. So, with all that being said, 
There's no question that the Rams will, in fact, go defensive line in the opening round. There's no question. And I'm really hoping that the guy that they go with is Jerry Tillery. My domer side is coming out on that, but I really like Tillery. Uh, Tillery's a, basically a four-year starter at Notre Dame. And so yeah, that's and who I'm hoping is. 30, it's a great fit. 34 defense. It's a great yeah. fit. And another guy that I could see the Rams targeting at defensive tackle would be Jeffrey Simmons, defensive tackle out of Mississippi State. Tore his ACL in February. But look, yeah, the, the, great player. But he's a great player. Great player. He's a top 10 talent. He is. But because of the injury... Now you got to wait. you got to wait. But it worked out okay for Dallas with Jalen Smith. Worked out great. If right? the Rams are patient enough, that's a tough first-round pick to know you're probably not going to get much this year. Right. You, and, you really and right can't now, count on much. It's but an again, immediate, it's a an immediate lineman need. It's an immediate need right now. It is, because you're, you're losing in Dominican Sue. Yeah. But you, don't, you think that trumps, you know, when you have a player like Fowler and... Brockers and Donald, that can get up to the quarterback. Think that need would trump your offensive line needs? Yes, you really do. I do. You know, for me, I, the Rams. I'm thinking like Dalton Reisner, Chris Lindstrom, someone you can slide in to be a solid player at guard, um, give you some flexibility with Note Bloom and Havenstein. I, I think offensive line would probably be the best bet. So you're, you're well, saying... When I'm looking looking in, look, you know, outside looking in, I would say Rams should go O-line. Yeah, the, but there are some players on the board that you got to pay attention to. Say a guy like Andre Dillard is still available. I don't think he will be, but no. say he's still available. Yeah. Uh, th- then maybe you change you change that up a little bit. And again, one of, the, one of the things I have to do before I die, I have to sit in a war room. Oh, we have to. I have to we sit in the room. we got to find yeah. a way to do this. Yeah. I, I, I that have is on to the bucket in, list. <laughs> you know, I just, I want to see the way things are handled as far as priority because you have to have a list of best available. You also have to have a list for need, right? If best available is high enough on your board, it's similar to when the Rams drafted Gurley at 10. And so I think there comes a point in time when you're picking towards the end of the first round. And here's the other thing you got to remember with the Rams. They don't have a second or a third round pick. You yeah, remember trades. That. Yeah, so moving back might be a great option. It's, it's possible. So, you know, and you always have this discussion. Everybody has the best player available. Everybody always says, well, you always draft the best player available. That's BS. That's absolute garbage. They don't do that. Nobody's going to tell me that the Chargers, if they – they're the top – Guy, they got, and I'm sure they scout everybody. Don't get me wrong; I'm not yeah. saying that. I, I think they scout 500 players, and they're all ranked. But at 28, if the top score on their board is a running back, that's not who they're going to draft this year. We both know that. Sure, sure. They're, yeah. they're not going to do yeah. that. So, yeah. the whole best. Do you just take the best player, highest ranked on your board all the time? That's BS. No, you're no. not going to do but, that. But there, but there has to be. But a you list. do have to have a cluster of players. You, you, you do. And so they always say, you know, these GMs say. We got a cluster of four or five right there. And in our cluster, we see at our point who's going to be there. And then we value scores or, or rankings against their needs. So strong safety is not going to be the Chargers' first round pick. We both know Derwin James is there. They're not going to do that. The Rams are not going to make their first round pick a safety, most likely. Shouldn't. So, you know, so you're going to balance that out. But if there's an undeniable talent there... Yes, of and course. Again, and there's some positions that, does, that always trumps. Offensive line. Offensive because line. Because you can get creative. And pass rush. Yeah. Offensive line and pass rush trump that all the time. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I do. I think there are certain spots that you can get creative with. That Vinny, as you and I were talking, you go quarterback 
it doesn't matter if the number one. That's why Aaron Rodgers dropped all the way to twenty four, right? You're not oh, yeah, picking the absolutely. best player on the board. He was the best player on the he board. Was the best player on the board. He was better than a lot of those guys. Right. Yeah, yeah, that happens. I want to talk about the draft in the grand scheme of things as far as every squad, but I'm tired of talking about the top five teams. And that's no disrespect to the Jets and the Cardinals. Those picks have gone over and over, yes. I'm kind of tired of it, okay? So, uh, Raider fans, look, you have multiple picks. You're going to be, you hold the keys to the draft at this point in time. The Raiders do. You're driving it. You're driving it. You really are. So, I'm going to give you two possible scenarios. We'll start with the Giants at six. You tell me what direction you would go if you're general manager of each team or if you would pass on both players. Sound yeah. good? Yep. Giants at number six. Do you go Quinnen Williams or Dwayne Haskins? Well, that's interesting. And, you know, this is an interesting point. And I like how you picked Haskins because they've been linked, but then you're hearing For all a long this, time. this other stuff. For me, you know, Dave Gettleman is famous for saying it's a big man's game. He believes that. He's a trench guy. He really, really believes in the trenches. So I'm going to say Quentin Williams. So by picking Williams, you're going away from quarterback. So you're saying you're rolling with Eli Manning again, or are you waiting until the second round? I want to wait to that second. Because you have a second. I think they pick 17. They do. They pick 17. So, okay. So for me, uh, that's my philosophy. That's who I am. When Dave Gettleman, that's who I am. So I'm going Quentin Williams. And I'll wait at 17 to see how the draft board shakes out to see who I like and then maybe make an adjustment on that because I believe in my mind that Shermer and Gettleman think Manning can play a year or two. Let's move on to the Jaguars. Jawan Taylor at number Jawan Taylor is an obvious need because they want to run the football, yes. right? And you went out and you got your quarterback, Nick Foles. Yep. So Dwayne Haskins would be an option here, but I'm going to throw Dwayne Haskins out, out the board here, off the table here because. You have Nick Foles, and you put a lot of money into Nick Foles. That is your guy. I'm going to throw the most interesting name out there in the draft to me, and that's DK Metcalf. You just got your quarterback. You want to give him an option on the outside? Or are you going to go with Juwan Taylor and try to build something up front? Or neither? For me, I would would take Taylor. Um, Again, another scenario where you're dealing with two tough guys from New York. Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone are famous for being strict and physical. They lost their identity last year, and I think they bothered them. I think both of them very upset. I think they've lost their identity, and they're not happy about it. They've invested in offensive line. They know that's how they win. And Doug Marone comes from that background. He's an offensive line coach. Yeah, he is. And you got a hometown kid or a home stater, you know, a homegrown kid. Cam Robinson comes back. You can really build your offensive line. Norwell, you gave money last year. So for me... I'm taking Juwan Taylor. I'm passing on the quarterback for now. It's Juwan Taylor. Here's why I think DK Metcalf needs to be at least a consideration. Nick Foles has had weapons. When he's been successful, he's had weapons. You go back to his year with Chip Kelly. Remember, that's really where he came onto the scene. He was fantastic. Fantasy football players know he was fantastic. Yes, he was. He had options. Pro bowler that year. He was a pro bowler. He had options. He had options. He had speed on the outside. Then he goes to St. Louis, and he had nothing. I mean, really, the Rams had nothing yeah, no, on the outside, nothing. nothing. And, I, you know, Nick Foles got a bad rap in St. Louis. Uh, Case Keenum got a bad rap in St. Louis. Yeah. Jared Goff, people considered him a bust. They had nothing, okay? Then he goes to Kansas City. He's a backup. Then he finds success in Philly, but they had options again. They had options they, again. They and had again, weapons. I agree with you, but... And, and right now, you're talking if about you talking Westbrook about a and Marquise Lee. That's, those are your those wide are receivers. Your guy, and Keenan Cole, like, like the Cole kid, 
But again... I don't like that. Well, I, I'm with you. But again, we're coming from Ken Wisenhunt and Sean McVay. You know, those are our teams. Uh-huh. You got Tom Coughlin, Doug Marone. So they're not going to be... That's not how they're going to build. So I think they wait. I think they... I, I agree they need some weapons. I think Fournette needs to get healthy and get his head on straight. And there's things going on there. But for them, I don't think they're going to put their number one need at seven as a receiver. I just don't think they value it the way we do. Well, that's fair, too. That's yeah, fair, too. I, I, now, yeah, I think if we yeah. had different coaches, I think you're spot on. Uh, and I think this, it could be the said, same said with Gettleman at six. He traded OBJ. They just don't value it that way. You know, but if you're going to build your team on the grind and pound type, and that's what, if they go, and they will go, I agree with you, they're going to go with Taylor here. But if you're going to build your team on that grind and pound type forte, why do you put all this kind of money into Nick Foles? Well, I mean, what's $22 million bucks a year? It's really not excessive for a quarterback. For Nick Foles, it is. Yeah, that's true. But that's the going rate. Yeah, the market's yeah, been set. Yeah, that's going rate. market's right. been set. So You put $22 million into a quarterback, you better give this guy. Not only do you have to give him some protection, and I get that, but you better give him something to work with on the outside. And, and I, right I now, agree with you. And we who's to say rounds three, four, five, and six? They don't, they don't, go they don't do three receivers. Yeah, that's true. That happens. Yeah. But I just think in my gut, my gut's telling me Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin, they're going to go O-line. Would I, take, would I go O-line personally? No. I don't think I would either. You don't, I don't think you would either. But I'm just going off the fact that, you know, that's who they are. All right, let's move over to Detroit. And I think it's fairly simple with Detroit. They need edge rush. They, they, need, yeah, help. Yeah. they need help yeah. on the rush, right? Okay, so do you go Brian Burns out of Florida State or another guy that I really like, who I think is really intriguing on the board, is Montez Sweat. So you got to go Burns or Sweat. Which way, which way are you rolling here? Wow, that's interesting. And you got Matty P, so you want to be very versatile. But Matty P wants to be versatile. And he, I think he has some guys there. Remember, they, they did give $19 million bucks to Flowers. Flowers is a versatile guy. So to one-and-one one him up, they, they did a, a double dip on Alabama defensive tackles. I think they got uh, Deshaun Handron Reed in there, if, if I remember right. They got some beef in the middle. I would take the sweat. I would take sweat. He tested through the roof just to show athletic how he was. But he played very good SEC football. And you have speed to power in Flowers. You know, he's more of a typical D-end. And Sweat can flat scoot. So you get the best of both worlds there. If it was, if it was me, and I and I think Matty P's going to agree, Sweat. I would go Burns. And I just... All right, Vinny, I, I would go with Burns in this, in this regard. I'm going to go against Sweat. And you had mentioned the speed of Sweat. Uh, but at the same time, Burns Burns can flat out fly as well. I mean, he he did run a four five forty at the combine. Uh, I I think the biggest question around Montez Sweat: How is the heart condition going to affect his draft stock? Does he fall out of the top ten? And if that's the case, it's something that you and I were just talking about uh, a few moments ago when we were looking at the fact that Jeffrey Simmons is a guy that tore his ACL in February and can flat out play. Are you taking a risk? With a Montez Sweat if you draft him inside the top 10. And they have so much medical information nowadays, Jordan. You know, when you ask every single person that's at the Combine, everybody we talk to, the most important part about the Combine, the medical. Mm-hmm. Not one person does that, you know, goes against that thought. So do they have information we don't? We hear on the internet that, you know, he, he has a heart condition. Is that, did he pass all the physicals? Did everything work fine? Did everything, you know, what do they know that we don't? But if they clear him, I, I would take sweat. 
to me, the biggest question for him is going to be the heart condition. Yeah. And if and if he passes flying colors, he's a top ten pick. Yes. And if you grab him outside the top ten, it's a steal. It is. It's, it's a, a risk. Steal. It's a high risk, high reward type deal if he falls out of, outside the top ten. And I think that if he is not, if his name has not been called in the top ten, we know that there's some. some there. There's you're some agree, I agree. So, I agree. There's something maybe that we don't know about. Uh, let's move over to the Buffalo Bills, ninth pick in the draft. Do you want to go offensive line or do you want to go defensive line? I think they could definitely go both directions here. Andre Dillard's a guy we talked about. I could see him slipping down in the draft. And I want to bring Dillard in because we already talked about Juwan Taylor. Right. So I want to try to cover a, a variety of, of different prospects here. Andre Dillard would definitely be in play if you're going to go offensive line, I don't know, within the top 15. I think it's possible. Or do you flip it and you go uh, with a guy like Ed Oliver? So if Oliver's are, sitting there, I, I would take him. And again, what me and you would do probably trumps. You got to figure here that you got Brandon Bean and, and McDermott, right? They've signed four offensive linemen in free agency. Yeah. So they want to build that way. They did trade for Cordy Glenn last year. So I think McDermott wants to build that defense up. That's his forte and background. So at Oliver. I'm going with Oliver because I believe that Oliver is a top five player in the draft. I believe so too. I, I see a little bit of Aaron Donald in him. Yeah. Same build, same explosion, you know, and he's slipping right now, the University of Houston thing, whatever. I think the guy's dynamite. So if he falls, I think McDermott runs to the podium. And while you mention what they lost in free agency, there's a need there because Kyle Williams retired. Kyle Williams retired. And McDermott loves, that's his forte. Yeah. He loves the defensive side of the ball. He's a, he's a line of scrimmage guy. I'll be honest with you. I think if Ed Oliver's there when Buffalo picks, they run to the podium. I think he may be. That, well, then I, that's I think a home he, I, run for them. I think he may be That'd there. That'd be a home run pick. Now, even if it wasn't McDermott, you know, even if it was me as a GM and Oliver was there in Buffalo, I would run to the podium and pick Ed Oliver. I would run up He's there. He's a top five player. Yeah, in the I, I agree. He's a top so, five yeah, player. Absolutely. And again, many would say... You really think there's a chance that Oliver could go down? Yeah, I, yeah. I, there's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of unknowns in this draft. And and again, I just want to cover as many prospects as we can. Okay, let's move on to Denver because this is a team that can go multiple directions, right? I don't think they go quarterback. I think John Elway is sold on Joe Flacco. I think he's going to go all in on Flacco. So I'm not going to put a quarterback here. Do they go defense with Vic Vangio? And if they go defense, a guy that I love at linebacker, uh, I'm going to say Devin Bush. I'll throw Devin Bush out there because I think Devin White's going to go top five. I agree with you there. Okay. So let's throw Bush out there. Or do you try to load up on offensive weapons, try to find a need right off of the bat and go tight end with yeah, TJ Hawkinson? Well, that's an interesting, they're an interesting team. Okay. And uh, I'm not sold on Flacco. I'm not sold on Flacco I'm not either. I'm not sold on Flacco at all. I think it's He's a, a bad move. He's a good quarterback move. in bad weather, cold weather. I think it's a bad move. I think that roster's deteriorated. They could probably. Let's be honest. There's not one area on that football team that won't that can't be upgraded. Can you tell me one area that they could say that they're solid at? Their offensive line's terrible. Last year they were terrible. I have to believe with the amount of youth they have coming out of the backfield, they're probably set at running they're probably back. They're set at running back. Okay. So you got Lindsey and Freeman. And I and I okay. like Royce Freeman. Okay. Yeah. So you can throw running back out. Um they, they, they invested in Sutton. They still have Sanders. Maybe receiver, not they, the first you round. Up, you get a great receiver. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they, maybe not the first round. But other than that, I mean, the offensive line last year was terrible. They spent a lot of money on Juwan James, right? What to give Juwan James 50 guaranteed? A lot. I think he got 50 guaranteed. Don't forget, you did use a first-round pick on Bowles. Bowles, he was horrible last year. It has not been good. So, you know, they lost Paradis. He went to Carolina. 
So your interior line. So really, you go a, a, a bunch of different ways now. So Scangarello's calling plays. He comes from Shanna, the Shanahan system. So you got a lot of stretch plays, a lot of boots. But that's not Flacco's forte. You know, Flacco's not great running those plays. So what's the fit there? I, I don't know. But tight end, I think you're right. A tight end's an area that they got to have, especially because you need a safety valve for Flacco. You do want to run some play action. They want to be ground and pound. So I think it's a great pick, Jordan. I don't think you ever want to fall. Corner's another one, too. They could use a corner. Yes, they could. And, and I don't think you always want to draft for replacement, right? There's an obvious need for replacement here at 10 because you don't have Brandon Marshall. Okay, so if you go with a guy like Bush. You go with a guy like Bush, you need him. You need him, and he can draw back into coverage, right? He can. He's, he's going to be that type of versatile player. I think he's worthy of a top 10 pick. Um, I'm going to go with Bush. I, I would and that makes Bush. sense. I would go with Bush. And that's fine because, like I said, there's probably other running back. You can go anywhere. Look about corner. Chris Harris is holding out. Yeah. Right right now, Chris Harris holding out. And you don't tell me Kareem Jackson's a top corner in the NFL. They gave Kareem Jackson big money. He's not a top corner in the NFL. So they have a need there, too. There's some problems in Denver. There's some real problems in Denver. I don't think – how do you say this? The guys had success, Elway. You know, he got to two Super Bowls. And Von Miller and Manning were the reasons. And now, since then, they've really got issues. So I don't know. I don't know. But either one's a winner for me. I, the, the, line, the linebacker pick is, is a home run, too. If, it's, if there's versatility there. Yeah. Because yeah. Vic Fangio's great. All right. Let's skip ahead in the draft. I want to move to 15, and we'll talk about the Redskins. Redskins this are interesting. Is, this is an interesting pick. It is. Because it is mid-round, but this is a huge pivot pick in my mind because I don't think there's anybody in America right now that isn't watching the Redskins see what quarterback they're going to take. You think it's a foregone conclusion I think it to is go a, quarterback? If, if they don't take a quarterback, the entire country is going to be laughing at this pick. Um, I don't know that I would go quarterback, and I'm going to tell you why. And tell me why, because what do they have? Okay, so how long... And I, I have to watch a lot of Washington Redskins football because my sister, for some oddball reasons, a diehard Redskins fan. I've never <laughs> figured that out. We took her to the Coliseum uh, two years ago, and she was decked out in Jordan Reed gear. And, and the Ram fans were very kind to her. And the Redskins ended up winning. Mason Foster picked off Jared Goff, I think, on the final drive, if I remember right. So I always watch Redskins football just so I can banter back and forth with her and have an intelligent conversation on Sundays. Okay, How long have the Redskins been looking for someone to play opposite of Ryan Kerrigan? Oh, they had him and they let him go. Exactly. Exactly. Preston my Jones. Point. Yeah. Okay. Preston Smith. Not Preston Jones. Smith. Preston Smith. Yeah. Okay. Let him go. So, yeah. Okay. I'm a big believer in protecting assets. Okay. And what I mean by that is for the longest time, Indianapolis had a once in a generation quarterback in Andrew Luck, and they did absolutely nothing to protect him. And because of it, he suffered a lacerated kidney. He comes back, he's healthy. Look what happens this year. They were the hottest team in the league going into the postseason. Right, okay. Right? Okay. Um, J.J. Watt. To me, it was important that Houston goes the route of on Clowney, and it was important that they re-up Clowney to give that type of protection to J.J. Watt. So you, you have to add protection to your assets. And when I look at the Redskins, to me, the biggest asset that this team has is Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah. Okay? Good and effort, you can good, win good football player. games... You can win in the NFL without an elite quarterback. You can. It's been proven. You can. It helps if you have an elite quarterback. Okay. But regardless, if you go quarterback at 15, you're not winning. 
you're not winning this season with a rookie quarterback. You're not. You need to develop some sort of pass rush to play opposite of Ryan Kerrigan. And if you do that, you have a better chance of winning football games immediately than say you go with, I don't know, Daniel Jones out of Duke. Okay. And that's a great point. That's my take. And And that's that's a great point. And they've invested heavily because, what, Jonathan Allen, um, two years in a row, they had big-time DNs in the 34 system, both Alabama kids. Mm -hmm. So who who plays opposite of him? That's a great point. Who plays opposite of Kerrigan in in that 34 defense? Now, you also did make the trade for Case Keenum. But that is not a long-term investment. No, as, as Case, Denver. Yeah, as Case, Denver. Yeah, Case Keenum and Cole McCoy are not the quarterbacks. For me, you have to invest in that position, okay? You, you, you just have to. Um, there, maybe they know something medically we don't, but still Alex Smith's 34 years old, so even if he takes a year off, can he come back? Probably not. Was he that guy to begin yeah, with? Yeah, so you basically you have nothing at quarterback in the long term. I think you got it. Great NFL executive told me, if you ain't got a quarterback, you keep drafting till you get one. Okay, but let me ask you this. In the NFC East, and again, I'm talking about if they were to go with an elite pass rush, if they were to develop an elite pass rush, or at least give Kerrigan some help that would strike fear, could the Redskins with Case Keenum have a better record than the Dallas Cowboys next year? It's possible, yes. Okay. Could they have a better record than the New York Giants next year? Yes. Could they have a better record than the Philadelphia Eagles next year? Not healthy, no. Okay. If the Eagles are healthy, no. So you, best case scenario in your mind, second in the NFC yes. East. That still puts you in contention for the postseason. If you're second in a division, you're right there for postseason, right? I just don't see that. I, I understand. I, 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 I get I, you. I get you. But for me, you know, even if you have Case Keenum for a year, you invested in Darius Geis, who you say is healthy now. AP ran for 1,000 yards last year. Yeah, he yeah. ran for 1,000 yards. As a backup running back, you know he can play. You know there's gas in the tank. So if you're going to go ground heavy, Keenum for one year, I think if you find a quarterback that you like, you've got to draft him. Now, if you don't find that guy, if you're not in love with one of those, don't do it. But at this point, you know, in our mock draft, the only quarterback we got drafted so far as Kyler Murray? I'm assuming. We're assuming? Okay. So you have your pick. You have Haskins. You have Locke. You have Jones. If Jay Gruden, who make, he cut his bones as a quarterback guy. If he looks at the guy and says, that's my guy. That's my guy. you got to take him. Well, and as far now, as... I think you're right. I agree with your point all the way. Once you get past the quarterback, the most important position is the edge, the pass rush. So if Gruden says, I don't love him. Draft the guy. Draft your guy. Draft your D end. Daniel Jones seems to be a player that the media, you know, it's funny. Everything you read about Daniel Jones says this guy's not a first-round draft pick or he's not an upper first-round draft pick, but he's getting the mystique of being a top 15 pick in this draft. Does that make sense? Yes, and scouts and GMs and coaches are going to look differently than fans. They are. Because Dukes is... Let's be honest, Duke is a bad football school. And Cutcliffe has a great reputation. Yeah. So. It's, if, it's no different than Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming. Exactly. It's the same concept. Exactly. Scouts were like, you know, hey, that completion percentage would have been better if they could catch. He would have done a lot better if he had any kind of NFL talent on the roster. How much that coaches see and go, I, I like him. I like him. So, again, you know, I think we're both right here in the fact that, Jordan, if 
If you don't love a quarterback, take the pass rush, especially in this draft. But if you're Gruden and you like one of these quarterbacks, if that's your guy, you've got to take him at 15. You have to. Let's skip ahead. We're going to go to the Steelers at 20. Okay, and I'm going to give you two scenarios. It's going to be a little bit different. Would you go Byron Murray out of Washington? And I got to watch this kid a lot because he plays in the Pac-12. He's a redshirt sophomore. Top 20 pick in the NFL draft, hands down. And to me, he's a top 20 talent. Or do you try to trade up for DK Metcalf? You did invest. Now, we got to remember, you did invest a third rounder in Washington last year. You did. Eli Rogers come back healthy as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So and Juju's still there. Juju's Juju's a great still there. Player. Juju's still there. So you got three pretty solid receivers. So for me, I think in my mind, you go secondary. Their secondary's been bad for so long. They've got to find a way to fix this. Byron Murphy. Byron Murphy. Absolutely. He, he would be the top. For me, he's a no-brainer. Yeah, no-brainer. If Greedy Williams falls, and that's the guy you like, uh, the Baker kid from Georgia, if that's the guy you like, you got to find a corner. Yeah, I don't love now, the idea. I think about this too, Jordan. Cleveland. Is going to chuck the rock. They made they it are. perfectly clear to they everybody. Are. Yep. Hey, OBJ and Jarvis Landy, we're going to throw this thing around, and Joku's going to get a lot of catches. They're going to throw it. And I don't love the idea of Pittsburgh attempting to replace going outside the draft free agency to replace the weapons that they moved on from in Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. You bring up a great point. They have the talent there, I think. Not to the level of those two. But you have sufficient enough help because the identity of this team, it has to start changing at some point in time, Absolutely. Right? It has to. Yeah. You have to evolve around your aging quarterback. Correct. Right? So at some point in time, you have to fill in those pieces with, with what you've brought up. And I think a lot of that has to do with Mike Tomlin. This is a make it or break it year for Mike Tomlin. It really is. I think his job's on the line this season. I agree with that. I thought his job was on the line last season uh, based on the way things came to an end in the uh, divisional round two years ago with Jacksonville. It, I mean, the time management was just terrible. It was, it was yeah, it was. There were peewee football mistakes from your head coach in that. So, to me, I, I like the idea of keeping with what you have. And if Byron Murphy is on the board, I think that's the route you go. If you're I, I'm with you. I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I agree with you 100. percent But you do know that Steeler fans want that flat. There are a, a there are a percentage of of Steeler fans that fan base that would love the idea of trading up to grab a Metcalf just to stick it to Antonio Brown after this last week. <laughs> yeah. You do realize that. Yeah, that he didn't do himself any favors again. He just needs to move along. I don't think he can. Yeah, I just move along. It just It's over. And Juju, hey, people forget. They can say what they want about Antonio Brown. He's a great player. Juju was incredible last year. Yeah. Yeah, Juju there was, was great. not AB was not getting double and triple team because Juju was so good. And I'm also saying that I don't know that Metcalf, he may be on the board at 20. He may. He may. And you're seeing nowadays, especially very, very few at the top of these rounds do great, but you're seeing that these receivers have a hard time adjusting to NFL anyways, so you're better off later in the draft and developing a receiver than you are mid-first round, late-first round, it seems to me. I mean, you look at a lot of these guys, they're not ready to play NFL football because they've never played that type of football. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. We'll see. I I would go corner. Let's skip ahead to the Chargers. I mean, it's, it's, it's <laughs> bolts and horns. Let's, let's go back to, to the, the Chargers. Chargers. Okay. Okay. So you're picking 28. We're picking 28. I think it's obvious the needs. We talked about this at the beginning of the show. Uh, a guy that got a lot of attention last season because he played on arguably the best defense in the country. No arguably about it. If you want to argue with me, you're wrong. Clemson had the best defense in the country. There's no question. They had the best defense in the country. 
Dexter Lawrence was a guy that we didn't get to see in the postseason because of the fact that he failed the drug test. Uh, but he's 340 pounds. I think he's going to be a three-down player in the NFL. I know there are a lot of questions saying that maybe not. Would you rather have Dexter Lawrence or Daniel Jones? I'm going offense, defense here. You want to go quarterback for Phillip Rivers? That's interesting. Or do you like want to this. go with uh, Do you want to go with Dexter Lawrence? Um, in my mind, I'm going to say Jones. I'm going to tell you why. Is, is Rivers is playing well enough to know, and, and they have a lot in common, Jones and Rivers. And I'm going to take Jones because, you know, it's a two-year window with Rivers anyways. Mm-hmm. You get the extra – at 28, you get a fifth-year option, which, you know, if Rivers makes it two years, this kid has three years under your control. Okay, so that's one bonus. The second one being, you know, knowing the roster, especially like me and you know our own rosters, you know, as we do, me being just re-signed for the Chargers, he's a big guy. So, you know, when you we take the big D-tackle out of Clemson, he's not going to be playing every down because you already have that guy there. Sure. And there's some depth at D-tackle in the draft and in your free agency. you got two free agents still sitting there that are yours that played very good last year in mm-hmm. Legion and Square. So... This would be harder for me to answer if that was maybe McGrary or Andre Dillard offensive tackle at 28 than the D tackle for me, Jordan, but I would take Jones. Okay, so let me play devil's advocate here and tell me tell me no to this, okay? So if Dexter Lawrence is there and you have the opportunity, the defensive line featuring Dexter Lawrence, Joey Bosa, and Melvin Ingram, Yikes. Yikes. I mean, last year in L.A., we were talking about Sue, Brockers, and Donald. There's a lot of youth there, and you want to talk about pass rush? You want to talk about monsters defensively? That's yeah, a pretty and, and solid has, defensive you know, That's line. not his strong suit, though. You know, so I've, you know, for me, this would have been a harder question, to be honest with you. I'll tell you what. If you just said Tillery and Daniel Jones, this would have been a harder question. Okay, so you me. like Tillery more than Lawrence. Yes, I do. Okay. I think the NFL is going away from those kind of guys. The 340s, there's no use for them in a three-down game anymore because nobody's, very few teams are pounding the ball at you. So Tillery rushing on the inside with Bosa next to him and maybe Chenonuosu and Ingram on the outside. So you go speed, power inside. Ike Rochelle played good. One of your Notre Dameers last year. Isaac Rochelle played good last year. So this would have been a harder question for me if it was Tillery. All right, let's move to... Well, let me the, ask you okay. about the Rams. Now. All right, let's go ahead. Go ahead. Kid with the Rams. All right, go ahead. Okay, so ahead. if uh, Andre Dillard slides all the way down to your pick at, what, 31, mm-hmm. and he's sitting there, but so is Jerry Tillery. You have to... Th- this is a crucial pick for the Rams, and the reason it's crucial is because you have to make a count. You do not have picks two and three. Right. Second and third round. And so I go back to the year where the Rams selected Jared Goff and they drafted uh, Farrell Cooper in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, okay, if this pick hits, you really negate a lot of the blow that you take in giving up the haul of not picking in the second and third round. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, Farrell Cooper was a fourth round pick, yep. if I remember right. And there was no picks in the second or third round. So I'm going to go away from that specific spot on the offensive line, let me throw another name out there for you. Garrett Bradbury is a guy that I think you'd okay, have to that, consider the if he's there. Line. Okay. I'm going to go a little bit more. I'm going to okay. switch it because defensively, now you know how I feel about Jerry Tillery. I like him an awful lot, and I I think Tillery is going to be fantastic. But Brian Allen at center doesn't really move the needle for me. 
It, so it if it really was Bradbury or I say Lindstrom from Boston College, another top guard. Yeah. Right there. It would to make, me, it's, be it's, it, it would be harder. Okay. It would be. Now, again, looking at what the Rams have on that defensive front, Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, Jonathan Franklin Myers was good last year. Yeah, he was. He, he was really good. And Westbrook's still there, if I, but Ethan Westbrook's still around. Ethan Westbrook is a free agent at the moment. Okay. All right. Um, you got Tanzel Smart. You and I have had conversations about him. He had to fill in for Aaron Donald a lot when Aaron Donald was holding on. So I think you have options on the defensive line. I would love to see Jerry Tillery. Here's the thing. When, when I think about these rookies, okay, and this is the reason why I want the Cardinals to draft Kyler Murray. I do not want to see Nick Bosa in a, an opposing team's uniform in the division for the next 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to see that. Yeah. Now, with that being said, if he doesn't go to the Cardinals, odds are he's going to go somewhere else in the NFC West and stick with the 49ers. Right? That's why I really wanted the 49ers to figure out a deal with the Steelers for Antonio Brown because I thought I had to involve that top pick. Yet swapping picks, that top pick had to be involved in an A-B trade. And it looked like for a long time, A-B was going to end up in, in San Francisco. That's where he wanted to That's go. That's where he wanted to go. And so the worst case scenario would have been for San Francisco to acquire him and keep that second pick because you know which route they would have went. Okay, So for me, uh, I would go Tillery. But I think, again, center is a problem. Interior lineman is going to be a problem on this year's team. I'm comfortable with what the Rams have on the outside. I think Whitworth can give you at least one more solid year. And let's be honest, the Rams are in it for this season. Yeah, they're making their run now. For this year. Yeah. You, you can't really look ahead. Um, Hovenstein again on the outside, if you want to keep him at right tackle. To me, yeah, I, it's it's if you want to throw Garrett Bradbury out there, to me, it's a, it's a better comparison because otherwise I'm going Jerry Tillery hands down. If Tillery's there at 31, which he may very well not be. He very, and we don't know. Right. Once you get from, you know, I don't know, like Daniel Jeremiah was talking, he said, you know, once you get past top 15, when you get into these scouts' books, most GMs, from 20 to 50, that's the same players in a different order. Right. So right. the Steelers may say, that, that guy's our number 50 pick. The Chargers may say, that guy's our number 20 pick. That same pool of players just all ranked differently, but it's the same pool of players. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've heard GM say in most years they grade 18 to 20 first-round players. There's 32 picks in that round. So, you know, I mean, the way they're going to view it and the way their pick falls is a lot different. And it gets real interesting towards the end of that first round because, like you said, you can move into the first round and gain a year of contract you can drop five spots for the same guy you like and maybe get a fourth-round pick for it. So the back end of the first round, for me, I like better than the top ten picks in the first round because it's far more volatile. I guess the yeah. word volatile. Yeah. yeah that, you it know is. what I'm saying? Yeah. It really is because, you know, most years are top five you know. Right, you and, know, that, and that's why we didn't talk about five, it. That's why we didn't talk about it. We, we know. We, we waste an hour of draft yes, talk. Yes, we do. The, the first, you know, first contracts, hour. Contracts used to be Signed. signed. Before, so we had the third or fourth team on the clock, or the third or fourth team not on the clock, already with a contract lined up, because news had broke that so and so was negotiating with this team, meaning this team was on the clock. clock. It, it, was, it was it was a joke. There was no mystery. To yeah, it, there was. Right. A, it's a joke. So, yeah, I love picks. I want to say about fifteen. It starts to get real interesting for me. From fifteen to thirty-two, it's awesome. Yeah, because you don't know. Like I said, everybody's. Looking at the same players, a different order. So I don't know. I, I, I it's exciting. I love it. No, it's a I'm great time. So great. It's a great uh, time. I just love it. And I think you're right with the Rams. It is pivotal because you don't get to build depth. 
And for the Rams to move back, let's be honest, if they can move back for a third-round pick, why wouldn't you? Well... Why wouldn't you? Okay, if Tillery's on the board, I'm not. I'm not, because I, I see what they could do here. Brockers, you can shift him to the inside. He's comfortable there. You can have Tillery out on the outside. It makes too much sense for me. You're filling a need with Ndamukong Sue. And you have the second-to-last pick, rookie skill contract, second-to-last pick of the first round. It would make sense. Now, if Tillery's your guy, if that's the guy that you have zoned in, the Rams have interviewed him. Okay, so if that's your guy and he's not there, don't draft for need. You can trade back and accumulate a second-round pick. Yeah, you accumulate, might be able to, yeah. You, you could, okay? And, you could. and, I, and I, think that's, I think that's on the table. And oh, look, the Chargers, I think you fall in the same situation it's Absolutely, here. at 28. If they love somebody that they know they can get at 35, why wouldn't you drop? It's I a agree. no-brainer. Yeah. It's a no-brainer. So, yeah, I love the back end of that first round. It makes it interesting. And then, the, you know, I love that you know, they break the, the three-day draft format now. I know some people say it drags on. I love that because after, you know, that first round, everybody gets to take a breath. And then day two is two and three. So trades are made and different things are going on because you've already had that breath. And then finally when the draft, when you really make your money on that third day, four through seven, you've had two days to digest who's there, who's gone. You've already talked to people about moving back and forth. You've already made deals with some teams. So it's, I think it flows so much better. I think you could actually do a four-day draft. I would love it. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I, I would think love you, it. I think you could, and I think you would see a lot more movement. If that last day was round six and seven. Even if it was round six, yeah, you're right. You know, I, I, I'm i with you. I'm fine with the three days. I'm looking forward to it. A lot is still to be had between now and then. And I think as we get closer to the draft, we will see things clear up a tad bit. Oh, yeah, I think, absolutely. You know, you're going to see clearer paths for some of the players yeah, that we just absolutely. talked about. And then, you know, some of the cool things like, Xavier, we interviewed a kid, Xavier Edwards out of Colorado, who was climbing. So by all accounts, he's climbing up the board. Yeah. So where does he end up? Right. Fifth or sixth round. Maybe. Possibly. And then in the fourth round, if somebody calls, we could go, hey, he jumped to the fourth round. Right. Which would be amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. But... You know, Rams and Chargers, we know them rosters inside and out. And uh, it's interesting. Let me ask you one last question, though. Surprise pick. So a surprise pick, you're looking at the Rams roster, and, you know, you know a lot of the back end of the roster. You know, most normal fans, Jordan, can give you maybe 1 through 20, maybe 1 through, you know, the starters. Most people cannot give you the backups on a football team. No. So give me a surprise pick that you think the Rams – an area or something that you could see the Rams doing, especially with a draft that's a little light. I, I don't know that it's a surprise, but again, inside linebacker is an issue. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is. And I don't, I don't know if it's a surprise. Um, you know, right now, if you take a look at what the Rams have in the middle of the field. Okay, so we're talking about Corey Littleton, who I love. Yeah. I love Corey Solid Littleton. Solid player. Um, you know, you're going to use Dante Fowler on the outside at will. Man, what, what are you doing in the, you know, in the... In well, the who's in, the Mike backer in that Who, who is? Like, who I is mean, that, right that, now? Who's the Mike backer for the and so LA Rams? You're not going to be able to address that until the fourth round. Because you don't have a second and third round pick, and you're not going to address that. There's nobody worthy of the 31st pick in the draft at that position in my mind. Tell me if I'm wrong. I agree with you. 
I'm with you on that. Right. I'm with you on that all the way. um, If we're talking about a surprise pick later on in the draft, you know, that's probably it. I mean, I think you're probably going to have to focus on the middle of the field for the Rams because I think there's some issues there. I loved Mark Barron. I did. I love the hybrid. I love the free safety yeah, to linebacker hybrid. It, it yes. is. And Littleton's kind of like that. He's a smaller, athletic kind of guy. He is, and Littleton's a great story. And so, yeah, that's, that's... That's probably where the biggest need is outside. Those are the three biggest needs for this team. You want to talk about interior linemen, offensively. Um, you know, you need some more help, I think, on the interior, maybe even the outside rush up front. And then you're talking about the middle of the field. Those are the biggest needs for the Rams. They did address with Eric Weddle back at safety uh, with John Johnson. The Rams addressed that. I, I do like the depth that they have there. Marcus Peters is going to get a contract extension. The Rams will extend him. I'm convinced of that. Um, you still have a keep to leap for two more seasons, if I'm not mistaken. So secondary is not an issue for this team. At least for two more years, it's not an issue for this team. You've got to move to the middle of the field, and I think that's where they have to address some problems once we get to the draft. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Offensively, you're stacked. Yeah. Skill position-wise, you're stacked on this team. And, you know, and I think about that, and I think for the Chargers, it might be tight end. Because Hunter Henry, he's going to be in a contract year. Virgil Green, too. So they're they're... Tight end wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me. Third, Later on round. in the draft, okay. Yeah, third or fourth round. If and the Chargers have goal, all their picks. Yeah, they got all their. picks. They have all their picks. So I there's no taboo warm. with that because no. you know where you're picking. Yeah, yeah. So I think tight end would be a surprise pick for people. Going to go, tight end, they got Virgil Green and Culkin and Hunter Henry's a star. Hunter Henry is a star. So you know that that could be one though. That could be one I could see. You know, and as far as the tight end rankings go, there's a big drop off in tight ends this year. You know, we were talking about maybe the Steelers or maybe the. Broncos, they threw that out there yeah, as there's, well. It's like a top-heavy group, huh? It's a very top-heavy group. Smith, the two kids from Iowa. And then after that, everybody's kind of like, huh. You know, you start looking at some of the you start looking at some of the tight ends in this draft. Hawkinson's a top-ten pick. Oh, he's, he's dynamite. He's worthy of a top-ten pick. No, a fan's a first-rounder. Yeah, fan's a first-rounder. I agree with that. I Irv agree Smith's that. right in there. He played some very good football at a very good football school. But Vinny, once you get past those top four... Yeah, uh, I mean it gets grim. It gets, it gets grim. grim. So and so maybe that's some some uh, maybe that's the direction that the uh, the Chargers could go second round, second or third round. You go that direction. It's possible they did it with Hunter Henry. They said hey, hey, Gates getting a little older, but Gates was still very effective when they drafted Henry. And I know this is a second round pick. You, you love the SEC, and so there's a couple of guys out there. I, I love I love the Pac-12. I watch a lot of Pac-12 football. Stanford has Caden Smith who's a pretty solid tight end. And they end. have a great lineage there. And they do. They, they do. do. And that matters to me. It's like pedigree in horse racing. It matters yeah. to yeah. me. Okay, but you like you and I talk a lot about the SEC. Excuse me, you have Dawson Knox coming out of Ole Miss as well, who's probably one of those mid-range guys. Mid-range guys somewhere. And they don't have to play right away. So that's no. what I'm saying. that you know Even if you reach a roundup because that's a weak group, they don't have to play right away. They don't have to play right away. So that, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, and maybe this is the year that Tom Telesco drafts a quarterback. He's been in L.A. for, I think this will be the seventh draft, seventh draft, and he's drafted one seventh-round kid out of Southern Utah. That's it. I got to call that kid's games, by the way, yeah. Sorensen. You, you I, I know that, that kid. Yeah, I know that kid you, very, yes. You know that kid well. Uh, let me tell you the worst-case scenario for every team in the NFL. Drew Locke falls to 32 and the Patriots draft him. That's your worst-case scenario. I agree with you. <laughs> I agree And I can you. see it happening. And I can tell you, I can see that one happen. I can see Haskins falling that far. I'd be more concerned about Locke. <laughs> I would be, because I would be if concerned. Murray goes one and somebody snags um, 
Locke instead of Haskins, where does he, he slide? He might slide all the way down there. And yeah. Daniel Jones being highly intelligent, being in New England, that there might be go. a dynamite. And pairing. he is the most pro-ready quarterback in my mind right now. Yes. And so if you take a guy who is most ready at this particular stage of his career where he can sit behind Brady for two more years, I'm going to give Brady the benefit yeah, of the doubt. Two, more, two years. more years. It's bad news. And, Bra- and Belichick's notorious for that. Yeah. He did with Jimmy G. He did with Brissett. And all he has now is Hoying, I believe. Hoyer. Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. Hoying. <laughs> Hoying's the old Ohio State quarterback. Wow. <laughs> okay, Hoyer. So he don't have a young quarterback. No. He don't like that. No. Drew Locke at 32. Somebody, you can't allow that to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the pick for New England quarterback. Looking forward to it. Bolts and Horns will be back again next week. Vinny, it's always fun. Can't wait to do it again next week. Can't wait to see you, buddy. All right. Remember, Bolts and Horns every Tuesday right here on the Drive Time Sports Podcast Network. Like and subscribe. Give us a review. You can even throw us some questions out there. We'd be glad to answer them next week. It's Bolts and Horns, a pro football show here on the Drive Time Sports Podcast Network.